a Daredevil show in the works, the She-Hulk trailer, reported runtimes for Thor, Love, and Thunder, all that and more, right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. I'm like this all day. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Harvey Larry batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth. Mysterio is the truth. Boom. You looking for this? What is up? What is up? And welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simi. Today on the pod, I am back with another classic news roundup for y'all. A super duper classic news roundup, some could say, because there's some seriously epic news that I'm talking about right now, today, on this pod. Now, what is so ironic and so funny about this, today's episode, being a news roundup. Number one, I just did a news roundup about a week ago. Love doing news roundups. I do them periodically to cover the the latest and the greatest in Marvel news. So it's only been about a week since I did my last one. And, uh, you know, that's that's quick. It doesn't usually happen that soon that I do another one. But this was the first week in the over year long history of this pod that I previously recorded both episodes of the week on Monday with some awesome guests. I I back to back record on Monday, had it all planned out, had Wednesday's episode, had today's episode, everything was set and good to go. And then Marvel just starts dumping all this news. They they drop the She-Hulk trailer. They drop this Daredevil news. They start coming up with all these rumors and I had to I had to call an audible. I had to do it for you all. I had to say no, we got to talk about the news. We've got to do this today because there's just too much to handle. So I have a very exciting episode coming next week, ranking all of the Disney Plus premiere episodes with Ben from the Hyrule podcast. Uh, It's a great episode. Be on the lookout for that. But today we are here for the news. Let's dive in. Let's talk about this just just fucking wild news. I I don't know how else to say it. Uh, Let's start with the biggest, the biggest of the big here that everybody is talking about. There is a new Daredevil series in the works at Disney+. Plus. It is happening. We did it. Congratulations to all of us, to to us all. I feel like I can only really get like a half congratulations because I'm still like halfway through season two. I haven't finished the show. So I feel like I personally don't deserve like a full congratulations. But I'm here for Matt Murdock. I'm, I'm here. I'm on the train for, for Charlie Cox in the MCU, in Disney Plus shows, in whatever he wants to be in. and. And I, I feel like we we have won. All of us have collectively won. Variety revealed yesterday that Marvel Studios is officially moving forward with a new Daredevil series set to stream on Disney+. Plus. Now, The Hollywood Reporter notes that the project will be the first Marvel Netflix series to get a, quote, new yet continued show. So it's unclear if we're going with a, a full send reboot, if we're doing a direct continuation of the events of the previous show, if we're going to meet somewhere in the middle, if we're going to do this whole little hybrid thing, maybe, not sure, we don't know. Obviously, news just came out. This is this is just confirmed as of yesterday. So we're probably not going to get these types of details for quite a while, would be my guess. Um, we've got filming that is expected to start in late 2022, early 2023, which probably means a late 2024 release date. 
If I, if I were to guess, that is what I would say. But anything is possible. I don't know for sure what that looks like. And if we are looking at a late 2024, we're looking at like two and a half years until we get this Daredevil project. So we've got a while to go, but exciting nonetheless. Matt Corman and Chris Ord are on board to write and executive produce. They've worked on other projects together, but they really haven't done anything um, super notable quite yet. So I'm interested in, in this writing team, in the executive producing team. Uh, getting some some people that are kind of new, a little fresh, new to the MCU at least for sure. Um, and I think this whole thing is very interesting because to me it signals Marvel Studios has either found a way to to get away with what they want when it comes to Daredevil, when it comes to matching the tone of the first one, the the more kind of dark, gritty, violent nature that Daredevil so famously has and is at its core, really. Um, so they either found a way to to do that, to get away with that, or they finally came up with a plan for the character that maybe doesn't involve that, but involves something new that they feel like they can kind of switch over to. Um, I don't know which one it is. I'm, I'm super curious. I personally am hoping that it's not too tonally different from the Netflix show. But truthfully, nobody knows what to expect at this point. Um, we, we have no idea what we're going to be getting. And it's going to take a while to get it. I do think Daredevil, his character in and of himself, kind of sets the precedent for, for what the Netflix show had, for that level of dark grittiness. So I'm super duper curious if by the time this project comes out, we have had an R-rated Blade movie or an R-rated Deadpool movie, or if Marvel Studios has found a way to broaden that net and to cast the net even wider for more mature audiences, more adult-themed humor, um, more swearing, more uh, raunchy jokes, things like this, things of the Deadpool nature, of the Blade nature. So I am curious. I, I think it's on their horizon, and I think that is something that is really... Uh, fascinating to watch Marvel Studios try to kind of traverse and figure out how do they do this in a fashion that is not overwhelming? How do we not just go dive right in, right? How do we kind of assimilate people to the feeling of, oh, this is a little darker. This is a little more adult themed. This is a little different. This is a little more pushing the boundary of this kind of this TV 14 rating or PG 13 rating or whatever it may be. Uh, so, I think it's in line with that, um, based on what we know so far, a, a 2024, maybe 2025 release date. Who is to say? We we have no idea. Don't know what's going down, but we do know that we're getting a Daredevil series. We did it. How exciting. How super, super exciting. Second biggest piece of news of the week, which is wild that this is the second biggest piece of news. The She-Hulk trailer is officially here. It is officially released. As many of you know, listeners of the pod for a while know that I usually do a, a live reaction emergency pod when trailers come out. And I really wanted to do one for She-Hulk because it is, it is you know, kind of the, the next most anticipated project. I know we have Miss Marvel coming, but we have teasers and posters and trailers. We have everything for Miss Marvel and it's coming in, in actually just a few weeks here. Um, so She-Hulk is kind of that that next one that we don't really know a whole lot about, right? Um, and I love doing these on-the-spot emergency pods. I watch the trailer for the first time with y'all. I react to it in live time. I give you my real thoughts. 
uh, right out of the gate. Uh, but this was released at 3 p.m. Pacific on a work day. I have a corporate nine to five job. Um, unfortunately, was not near the mini Marvel studio to to get in a live recording. So it just couldn't be done. Just couldn't happen. I tweeted about it. I, I said my initial thoughts were coming in. Here are my initial thoughts on the show. Just a couple high-level bullet points from what we saw in the trailer itself. The comedy and the vibe look great. It looks fresh. It looks like the show will be easy to engage with. And I think that is important. I think that is something fun. Um, and, and I love, uh, I hate this name, but I love the MCU phase that we're getting. Um, I, I think it is fantastic. We've We've got all kinds of incredible things. We have we have Wanda, obviously. We have Miss Marvel. We're going to have She-Hulk coming. Um, this is the time for a character like this to be prevalent in her own show. I think that's great. Um, the general, more adult-themed nature of, of the jokes, of the reality of it, of the, the general uh, steaminess, the horniness, the, uh, the sexual nature of the show I think is is very interesting, and I I can't wait for a more adult theme show like this. I think this is good, and I think with it being set in you know kind of this attorney at law is what it is now called, right? With it being set in this um, world of of adults, um, I think that's important for the tone of the show, and I like that we're not kind of getting a dumbed down nature of Jennifer Walters. Um, I, like I mentioned, She-Hulk Attorney at Law is the new official title of the project. I think it gives it a little bit more of a, of a nuance than a niche feel, uh, which I'm game versus just She-Hulk. I think it's cool. The CGI, this is the big one that everybody's talking about. I think it looks excellent in certain key frames, um, especially with, with Hulk, with Bruce Banner. I think he looks really, really good in this trailer and not great in others. Uh, I think we all know that. I think we all see that. And I think that's going to be the biggest talking point here of the show. How are the VFX going to come out? What is the CGI going to look like? I am not a VFX artist. So I don't have the first clue of how that process works. And truthfully, unless you are actually a VFX artist yourself, neither do you. Um, so I think here's my PSA for the day. Don't hop on social media and start going off about VFX artists and CGI and it looks bad and, and Marvel needs to get it together and all of these things. We don't know the constraints that they are going through. I can only imagine that they are under extreme pressure to get projects like this done under extreme work hours. I, I can almost guarantee you that they are not being compensated uh, enough for what they are doing. They're being asked to work round the clock to get certain things done. And um, it it is interesting because I think it it kind of leads itself to another bigger converse, conversation, really, in the, the, the question, does Marvel know how to make TV shows yet? Does Marvel know how to make a, a streaming project that is set into episodes? Um, or are they just trying to um, take, take the budget and the time of a movie and split it into six parts and say, hey, make something. Um, I, th I think that's a bigger conversation for another time, but I think it's something worthwhile thinking about. So, again, my PSA, don't bash on VFX artists. Don't take that to them personally. It is not uh, their doing. I know that people are working hard on this, but here's what I will say about the VFX, the CGI. They have until August 
They have until August, and right now it is the end of May. So my guess is that they just they wanted just enough enough footage to put out a trailer to coincide with the Disney event on Tuesday. Uh, that way they could have something drop. They could have some sort of social media impression, uh, and they could you know take advantage of the day and 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 run Twitter for that topic. So I think that's why we did things. Like I said, certain scenes look better than others. Uh, my guess is we're going to see a lot of that cleaned up quite well. My excitement levels definitely went up. It looks like it's going to be a middle, you know, a middle tier, middle of the road kind of Marvel show. I think it'll raise a lot of questions in theory about Marvel Studios making television shows and, and what they are trying to accomplish and what they want to and what they do accomplish and things like that. So get ready for some conversations like that later down the road on this pod when we when I tackle that that show. Um, And hey. Wong is also set to make an appearance in this show. That's pretty fucking cool. Uh, let's go. It's the era of Wong. You'll love to see it. I got two, three more pieces of news to blow through here. Thor Love and Thunder has reported two different run times, and here we go with the Multiverse of Madness drama all over again. Multiverse of Madness originally had two reported run times, one on the shorter end, the two hours and five minutes that we did end up seeing, and one on the longer side, more of a 220, a 225, and so people are convinced and believe there is some sort of Raimi cut out there. And look, I'm sure there is a Raimi cut. And, you know, hashtag release the Raimi cut, I guess, is is the next big thing. Um, but there's always going to be a director's cut of everything. Just just so you know, just so you're in the in the know on how that kind of works. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder has a one hour and 55 minute runtime and a two hour and 20 minute runtime reported a difference of 25 minutes which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, could make for a large storyline difference in the movie. The Australian theater chain Event Cinema published the shorter runtime, and Cineworld in the UK shared the longer run. Now, the movie releases on July 8th. It features a ton of characters, notably the Guardians of the Galaxy, are going to be in this Thor uh, movie. And we don't even know the level of Gore the God Butcher that we are going to be getting. So the the eternal question uh, begs to be asked, is it going to be long enough? Will Thor and Love and Thunder be long enough? Uh, what's the game plan for phase four movie lengths? Where are we sitting in determining what gets a, a longer necessary runtime and what feels shorter? I obviously think there's pr there are pros and cons to both, right? I personally love the idea of a sub two hour Marvel movie. Not because I don't want more Marvel, not because I don't want more uh, story or I don't want to be immersed in that world even more. But when you think about a general audience perspective, if you're sitting for two hours and 20 minutes, you are invested. You care about the universe and you are only going to reach an audience that strictly is, is ingrained in the story that you're trying to sell. A one hour and 55 minute, even a one hour and 50 minute, you're talking about opening it up to be, oh, hey, Thor Love and Thunder. I know, I know Chris Hemsworth. Let's go see this movie. Instead of, I need to know everything that's happened before and everything that's happened after it. You can cast a much wider net when it comes to a summer movie going audience. And this summer is going to be an exceptionally important time for the box office. It will prove once and for all are the tent poles and are they what people want? Are they the only things that people want? Um, I've thought lots of things to think about here. I will leave you with this. It is always better 
to be left wanting more than to have gotten too much. I think that is something important to remember in life. I think it's something important to remember for movies, for Marvel, for MCU, for whatever you want to apply it to. I always like to be left wanting more than to have gotten too much. Phase 4 is probably going to be long. Marvel's going to be around forever. We can come back to the story. Uh, I, I, I think that's, that's my take on that. Two more pieces of news. Stanley's likeness and name isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Marvel Studios inked a 20-year deal with Stanley Universe to use his likeness and name in uh, TV, Disney theme parks, merch, other experiences, as reported by The Hollywood Reporter. Now, it doesn't look like we are going to be seeing the MCU cameos that we are used to. Marvel Studios has a policy uh, that uh, Stanley doesn't cameo anymore after his death. But it does look like theme parks are going to be a big part of the deal, uh, along with using his voice for potential promos, trailers. This could be where, where this plan is headed. I don't really know what this 20-year deal means. I don't really have a lot of takes on it. I don't really have an idea of, of what it means. Um, other than the fact that, you know, could we be hearing Stan Lee in projects in the future? Could we be uh, hearing his voice in theme parks, something like that? Uh, or could we be seeing a Stan Lee biopic? From Marvel Studios, there is a script titled Excelsior, penned by Alex Covery, that did make its way onto the blacklist in 2020, which is a list of the best unproduced screenplays in Hollywood. Uh, so maybe Marvel has some plans with that. Who knows what that means? But I think overall, a good thing for Marvel, good thing for the MCU, uh, strictly a, a smart business play here. And could the Multiverse of Madness be coming to Disney Plus on June 22nd? I don't know. We will see a since-deleted post from Disney Plus Germany has uh, mentioned that Multiverse of Madness is coming to the platform on June 22nd. Now, this would mark 47 days from its initial initial theatrical release on May 6th. Um, right now, the rage is a 45-day exclusive release in theaters. Netflix is considering doing this with Knives Out 2 this fall, dropping it in theaters for 45 days exclusively and then putting it on the streaming platform. I, I love the testing here. I think this is where things are headed. Uh, I think it's interesting. And 47 days would make sense, right? June 22nd uh, would totally check out. I think that we will probably see a physical media announcement here in the next two weeks would be my guess. Really by the end of May, the beginning of June, we'll probably start to see uh, physical media pre-orders start going up and uh, getting ready for this potential June 22nd. So. Multiverse of Madness looks to be hitting Disney Plus sooner rather than later. Daredevil, She-Hulk trailer, Thor Love and Thunder runtime, Stan Lee deal for 20 years, and Multiverse of Madness coming to Disney Plus. Huge topics this week that Marvel decided to, to give us, to bless us with, to curse us with. Who knows? What piece of news are you most excited for? Hit me up on Twitter at 15MinuteMarvel. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any major podcast platform. A huge shout out to the patrons of the show. Brandon Clark, Hajir Shakib, Reagan Knapp, Alan Cole Peacock, Ben Lahorn, Corelli, Christina, Mike Zago, TJ Zwarich, and Jessica. Thank you all so much for your support of the pod. Uh, I love you all 3,000. I will see you back here next time. I'm Ethan Simi. And remember, always go higher, further, and faster.